it's been a very interesting journey because um, uh, I do work in men's groups. And when I, about five odd years ago, uh, came across the trans thing that was happening and uh, step, when I was listening to how they were describing uh, gender as a way that we express how we feel about ourselves in the feminine or the masculine, it actually struck a chord with how I was trying to explain things to other people. Uh, and I got a lot of use out of thinking about it in those terms, you know. Uh, in what terms? What do you mean? Uh, in the term that your gender is separate from your, your your body and it's more like a personality. Or They don't like to use the word soul, but that's what they're talking about. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I, I'm surrounded by religious people for the most part. And... So I'm used to talking in a Christian framing and um, it's almost the same, you know. So when people call trans ideology a religion, uh, they're spotting some of it, but they're not seeing all of it, you know, in the, how, it, how it provides for righteous fury and that feeling that people get uh, and how it, it gives an avenue for forgiveness and redemption for sins of society, you know. Jesus was a great man for rounding up all the forgotten people, the prostitutes and the poor people and the ones that had just come out of prison or, you know. <laughs> like, I, I'm laughing, but sorry, that's just the way that I, I, I speak, you know. Uh, it's not that I think it's particularly funny. Um I think we share a similar sense of humor already from kind of hearing a few minutes of you. Good, good. Um, but yeah, so I was I was listening to all of this. I was thinking you've got a point, and I was listening along. And I know a, a, a woman, like a, a, a distant acquaintance that I would say hello to if I met, and we'd speak about the weather, you know. And she reappeared as a trans man in the little country town, you know. <laughs> and it just didn't really, you know, it, to me it was an extension of kind of, of, of uh, the gay rights movement in my head. It was another group of people that were looking for assimilation and, and yeah, whatever. I didn't really, you know, I was enjoying the way that they were speaking about it. Uh, and then uh, last year, I got in like text friends from starting in a YouTube comment section and moving to Twitter DMs with a trans man who was making an awful lot of sense, wasn't pretending to be male. You know, it was uh, a personal exploration of themselves that they were, you know, not making any demand on other people. You know, wasn't bothered if you were saying he or she or... You know, and I found I, we were having great conversation about the philosophical side of uh, the performance that we play in the world. You know, in the idea of being an onion and the layers uh, to to uh, the personality, and what bits we express and what bits we keep back, and you know, very interesting conversations, and. Um, 
I got on, I got on uh, his channel, invited me on for a chat, and we had four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It went, it went really good, and I was very much taking uh, his side in it and speaking about masculinity from my own perspective, and seeing if there was anything for him to catch on. Was there anything in that? Right, and I didn't hold back either in that. Like, I wasn't making it out as if being a man is this fantastic thing and we all run around as heroes. You know, I was speaking about it in terms of dealing with really high anxiety and uh, how being a man and the type of man that you are is defined by the people that you're responsible to as much as it is what you think of yourself, you know? I might want to be a super strong hero, but I might have to be... Uh, kind and caring with high sacrifice and very patient. That might be what's demanded of me, you know? So, like, if if I was an only child and both my parents got sick and I wasn't yet married, I might have to sack 10, up to 10, 5, 10 years when I should be out looking for a woman in order to home care my parents, you know? And that's rising to the challenge of the demand around you. Uh, and you don't get to be a man or a woman in that circumstance. Life just throws something at you and you have to deal with it. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't really kind of glassing it up or anything. And we had a bit of fun about using new rhinos and, you know, it was good crack. But then I was on Twitter and I thought I'd try to be a little bit more engaged in Twitter. And I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but I was following the the trans women in, in athletics thing. And I was following that Florida Bill drama. And I found myself stuck between like the Irish feminists who were normally the ones giving me a hard time. <laughs> Why would they do that? Oh, I, I, I round up the worst kind of men and take them out into the woods, you know, uh, straight out of prison. Um, We've got a problem here in that when somebody comes out of prison, they can't get a job and then they're stuck. And then the longer they don't have a job, the less desirable they are. You know, when you're eight years unemployed and your last thing on your record is from your probation officer, <laughs> you're not even getting a job in a warehouse, you know. Uh, and so I take them onto the farm and out cutting trees and I kind of talk to them and... Uh, I fight with them if they want to fight. Sounds rough, but we have like rules. Fisticuffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I speak the truth to them because I was rescued by the truth myself, you know. And because uh, I, I was in prison and I came out and I had to start a farm because I couldn't get a job. I was just too, like, fuck you to kind of sulk away by myself so i was like fine i'll create value somewhere and in, in a position that nobody can say no to and fill a demand in the market at a corporate level where people aren't going to give a shit if i have a record or not because i'm the business owner you know and so i went off and did that and when i met my wife she kind of changed my mind about the whole fuck you thing and i got more into the the community building and she was right that I could turn 
a lot of negative emotions I was feeling into positive emotions by by kind of being part of a network of people, you know. Uh, and she was right and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I then, I got asked to employ somebody's son because he was coming out of jail and he couldn't get a job. And that turned out to be six months of counselling a young fella who was a bit of a lunatic uh, and was completely deluded about the world and life and relationships and actually had no self-confidence except for his ability to fight, you know? It was the only thing he thought he was any good at, you know? Like uh, brawling, which, like boxing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and some, yeah, bats and knives and... Okay, for money or for pleasure? Uh, for uh, as getting caught up in street-level drugs, okay. you know? Okay. Uh, and this is it. He's got something to prove. Somebody gives him some money to go and beat someone up. And the rest of the story writes itself, you know. The better he was at it, the higher in demand he was. The more, you know, if you wanted somebody to kick someone's door in and beat the shit out of them in their doorway, there's not that many people you can call that will just do it for a few hundred euro, you know. <laughs> and he ended up in jail, obviously, and he was coming out, and the priest got to him in jail in his head a little bit. The priests run counselling sessions in the jails, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and the priest had sown a few seeds that I could kind of, I picked up on. And I realised that this guy, I mean, I could give him two years employment, but he's going he's gonna to punch his supervisor in his next job. It's going to happen. Supervisor's going to say, you have to do it. He's going to say, I don't want to. And the supervisor says, you have to. And he goes, oh, fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is you know and you were able to uh, play with that or deal with that I mean yeah well I found out where all the anger was you know uh, but he trusted me because I was in the same prison and I knew what he was talking about and how you have to how you have to uh, build the right mental walls to survive in a place like that, because it's a punishment facility, not a correctional facility, you know? And we don't just have gangs, we've got paramilitaries over here, you know, and that's some fucking righteous shit. Could you, you know? could you explain that? Oh, well, we have... Um, Ireland is split in two, the northern quarter still part of the UK. And we have a peace agreement in place since 1997 or 1999, I think. Uh, and up until that point, everybody was still blowing stuff up because Ireland wanted the North back as part of Ireland and the UK wasn't giving it back. <laughs> and they reached a peace agreement not that long ago. You know? So when I was a kid, it was bombs on the news and it, not that far away. You know, I was in Manchester airport when they blew up part of it. I just wasn't in the part they blew up. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You know, um, so and it's so, quite recent, you know, and there's a bunch of veterans from that. So Ireland, well, that's not formed, over. You know? Okay. It's not over, but Ireland had over the course of 
the last century or longer than that developed and disciplined itself to have like a contingent of sleeper cells or paramilitary units just kind of scattered about was it disciplined was it underground um, oh no they have a political party okay yeah, and the political yeah. party is explicitly um tied to open warfare like like violence is oh no okay no they, so there's they, kind they, of like a shadowy thing okay they they're not allowed to say it in public and they're but they're not fooling anyone you know <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I just asked because they're they're explicitly trained to act like a military unit not just like larping like we have the proud boys out here in america oh no these guys have all been to the lebanon we're on u.n missions and they train in the army and yeah yeah okay the irish army or the uk british yeah, army? yeah. Okay. the irish have a little army there's not much arming to be done on Irish behalf, but we're part of peacekeeping missions with the UN. Okay. Uh, and so they, they come back from these missions and then they align with the, uh, what's it called? The IRA at one point. The IRA. Yeah. The IRA is an umbrella thing. There's wings of them now and stuff. Okay. okay. I'm, not a hun I'm not that educated on us. I and mean, they okay. don't really, they don't, it's not like they tell you. Um, but the, their uh, their presence is very evident in prisons. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They keep to themselves. They're quite anti-drugs, kinda. At least on the face, you know. Uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't be seen even in prison to be part of drug dealing. You know, they're quite Christian, hmm. Catholic. Uh, although it's not mandatory, I don't think anymore. But most of it is. Um, and yeah, they're nationalists, you know, uh, they believe the whole island is Ireland and it's not over <laughs> that there's a peace agreement in place, that there's politics that are supposed to follow that, you know, the, the, like the, the peace agreement was supposed to sort it out and it has, it has a political side to it. And they're kind of waiting to say like, come on then. You said you were going to... The Brexit made a mess, you know, because you know, that meant that meant that Northern Ireland, as part of the UK, ha had left the European Union. This meant that we actually had a European border in our country, right? And uh, the Germans and the rest of the EU n needed some convincing... The, the only reason that there isn't bombs going off right now is because that border is just pretend, you know. They use one currency on the other side, but we just move backwards and forwards like it's not there, you know. Uh, with a little bit of customs and excise and practices, <laughs> but there's no checkpoints. Okay. Uh, and the Brexit and the way that the European Union wanted to handle it would have meant checkpoints. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And like, 
which would have led to violence. Even the idea of it had them all meeting in secret and just just the notion, just as, as soon as somebody said we might have checkpoints again, all of a sudden half the football team wasn't around one night. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everybody, everybody was late this, by exactly the same amount of time on a mm. Wednesday morning. And you were kind of going, that was the same people that were missing the week before, you know? So I, I bring that up just to dive deeper into prison uh, life in Ireland. So there's those contingents, because you said that there's no gangs, but there are paramilitary uh, presence. Well, then so. you've got the gangs on top, you know? Oh, okay. They they don't fuck with the paramilitaries. Okay. They're yeah. uh, hermetically sealed, or they have some sort of agreement. Yeah, uh, it's just not worth it, you know? They're not involved in the drugs. The gangs are all fighting over the drug trade. Okay. Almost exclusively. You know, the, um, what kind of uh, um, drug is uh, really popular out there and illegal? Is it, is it all illegal? Marijuana? It's all illegal, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, like, it's probably the same mix as everywhere else. You know, it's kind of weed and heroin and cocaine and crack and meth yeah you know i'm not that involved i really don't know i like somebody said gbh or ghb the other day i don't know what the fuck that was you know maybe some sort of bomb who knows no idea uh but just this like the the point is 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 more that like the guy that i was looking after that came to work for me I, within a few months, I realized that it wasn't just something on his CV wasn't going to help him, like, you know. But I understood how he felt and I understood what he was saying. But nobody was saying to him the things that people were saying to me that got me to think about it. So as soon as I pressed the little button, you know, and kind of said, are you sure you should be listening to your mother on... <laughs> On that one, what do you actually think? You know, uh, that was when I, you know, he had a go. And, uh, we we had a little boxing match, and you know, uh, he he was upset by the fact that I was quite enjoying it, having a great time, you know. And he, he, I was getting hurt, you know, I had bruises on my ribs for ages, but he couldn't understand why I was enjoying myself, you know. And this kind of broke into laughter eventually. I'm both. Both of you guys? Yeah, I was already laughing, you know, telling him, come on, man, come on, fucking, is that, is that all you've got? And he'd broke a finger off my head, and I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, and just let him get it out, let him get it out, you know. And he got it out, and then we sat down, and then all the endorphins kick in, and we have the peace talk. And he starts crying about his relationship with his mother. Uh and then after about two years, he was chill, you know. He, he'd, he'd met people and he was playing darts in the pub every couple of weeks and he started to get connected and he went on and got a job and, you know, uh, decided he wasn't going beating people up anymore and, you know. And the, pri his the prison gap created a break where he wasn't, like, he didn't have jobs on that he had to cancel. And you uh, said that he had uh, delusions with regard to the world or himself in the world. 
and all yeah. of that. Those were resolved through a process of what honesty, peace, like what what resolved those delusions or at least diminished uh, them. Like just saying it exactly how it was and working through his objections to it. But like he had to respect me before he listened to me. If I told him he had the wool pulled over his eyes, you know? So like trying to get him to understand that other people were just using him because he was fucking crazy and other people weren't. <laughs> and that's a, that's a useful, that, that, that kind of fear that you can put into people is very useful to other people that can't do that, but have ambitions that require that. Re require what? Um, being manipulated in that way? Oh, having somebody that's crazy and would go around and kick your door in and beat your face in without ever having spoken to you or knowing why they're even doing it just because someone's given their money, you know? And to him, he's beating the shit out of his dad. Do you know? He's not <laughs> He's not connected to the fact that it's another person, <laughs> you know? It, 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 it like... It's a difficult thing to describe how, like, like, I mean, we were all raised in using a manual on how you train a dog to be a pit fighting dog. And a lot of people don't understand that, like, you know, that we were, we were raised in poverty and uh, trained how to survive in poverty. So if you're staying there, you've got to find a place for yourself in the world, you know? And if you're not clever, you better be able to fucking fight or run. And that's that's coming home from school every day, you know? And so when you get trained by your father to behave in a way that's appropriate for that environment, going off and getting a job or a career, like you're not ready for it. Like you, you don't have the worldview necessary for it, you know? And it's not that it's something wrong, you know? And like my father was trained by his father to be a fucking lunatic uh, as a way to solve the problems that my father would have to deal with in his life. And then the world changed in the last 50 years. <laughs> you know? uh, in, in what direction? Just a poverty or a social climate or the values of society or what media? I don't know. In what way did it change? Um, this is going to, I'll hammer it into that tweet that you said you were that caught your attention and why you wanted to speak to me. Um, I think that there is a change happened whereby women used their voice to tell men what they wanted them to be like. And we had the peace internally to get on with that project. There was enough... Uh, people living not in poverty that didn't have to worry about food, that they could get on with the project of free and safe. How do we want 
life to continue? Like, how do we want to behave? You know, uh, and women say the men are all having the fun. We're, our job is the house, noble as it is. It's not fucking going to Mars, is it? And they were right. You know, they weren't having as much fun as the men were. <laughs> who can who can knock that? You know, and they went, hang on a minute, like, why why do we have to be the ones to raise the babies and be stuck at home? Right, like they got the technology to say, okay, maybe one or two babies, but like then I'm then I'm having some fun. Um, and they looked at the uh, the zeitgeist that had them stuck in the kitchen, and said, the religion did this to us. The way that men think of us did this to us. The implicit misogynist bias of ourselves as women did this to us. Uh, so fuck all of that shit. Out the door. Gone. And they said, we're going to have everything that looks fun that the men do. Uh, and now we find ourselves in a position where women don't want to have kids. They see kids as a burden. Right? Like, no. When I say women, I'm talking the average across the population has veered in the direction of not wanting children. So the age at which they have the first is now over 30, at least here anyway. Uh, the the amount of children per woman as an average across the country is now below critical. If it doesn't go up, we've got a problem. Real so problem. Real problem. Or 2.0 or something? I forget. I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that it's... it's uh, Once you go below 2, it starts getting weird. And I think we're at like 1.4 or 1.6. So that's like a lot low. You know? And dropping rapidly. Uh, and then you compound that with... Over 100 years, we're now going to have three and a third generations as opposed to five generations because mm -hmm. the average age of which a woman has her first child has gone up from 20 to 30. Okay. Over a long period of time, but it has gone way mm -hmm. up to over 30. The problem with having the first child over 30 is that at 35, like... Medically, this is they call it a geriatric pregnancy, you know, and the women get annoyed with geriatric. It was like, that's what the word means. You're offended by the truth, you know. Uh, this is a disaster, right? So, whatever your religion or whatever your worldview. There's two things you can't deny that we that we have built into us, everybody, which is survive and reproduce. And collectively, if we don't do them, <laughs> that's it. The, la the last people are going to die old and not cared for and in a lot of pain, and they're going to watch the world burn around them, surrounded by technology they don't know how to use, hmm. you know? Like, to think that that can't happen 
is madness, you know? Now, so how do you fix that problem? You bring in people from elsewhere that are having babies. Makes perfect sense, right? Uh, I want to race straight to the coffee-coloured people, you know, personally. I think, like, if we somehow in encourage interracial marriages and, ch and interracial children, incentivize it, give people 20 grand if they have one, you know, <laughs> uh, and get there as fast as we fucking can since we all now have to live together, you know. Uh, if, if, if rich countries are going to plummet their birth rate, the only way the work gets done in the country is by bringing in immigrants, you know, and you've got to assimilate as fast as possible to each other. You can't split the country in two, into the young immigrants and the old aristocracy of people that used to work here. <laughs> That's a fucking problem. <laughs> Do you know, mm -hmm. uh, and so we 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 better we better mix that up really fast. You know, the UK has a ghettoization problem happening with people coming from different parts of Asia, and it's uh, it's a time bomb. It's a time bomb happening. You know? So there's there's not really a lot of mixing. There's just kind not of enough anyway. Okay. You know, some I I have family in London, and there are there is everybody in that family. You know. I mean, where are you from? It was like, <laughs> how far back do you want to go? <laughs> Everybody's from everywhere. You know? yeah. uh, and they're all getting on with it. It's like, it does work functionally at a localized level. Uh, when gangs pop up, they tend to be gangs that are all from one group together. You don't get like the mixed race <laughs> gang. Multicultural gang, yeah. <laughs> you don't, know. Uh, you know? Uh and so, like, if we're going down this path, we have to approach it sensibly and we have to work out a way to assimilate as fast as we can for as few, for as little damage as we can get away with. I think that's, that's all opinion. But it's the steps in which we got here. So I don't think that a worldview and a societal plan and like what we choose to encourage in our medias or, and in our stories and in our music and in the films that we watch. I don't think pushing things towards less babies <laughs> is going to have good results in the long run, you know? Um, and I think that maybe the unhappiness of the women in the culture 